Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out!
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 223 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? I'm back, Steve. Back from where, I made the Gord? mistake of leaving the country, and I have returned. Right on. Welcome yeah. back. Well, thank you. I may have caused an international incident with my crotchal region. <laughs> and to everybody in Canada, I'm sorry. Truly, was not my fault. I was... Sitting in your one of your fine airports after a long flight, waiting for my next flight, and my uh, my lovely wife started looking down at my crotch as I sat directly across from her, man spreading as I'm wont to do when I'm in a nearly abandoned airport. And I gave her the old, you know, what married couples do. You look over at your wife and you go, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, "Could you maybe, you know?" And and I look and I at some point during the day. The crotch of my pants had had given way, and I was just honoring Canada in all my glory in the airport like that, uh, just showing off my boxers. I said, hey, don't worry about it. You know, my bag has another pair of pants. Once we get where we're going, I'll grab those pants, put them on. Everything will be fine. In the meantime, I'll sit like a gentleman, <laughs> which would have been great. Except, Steve. Except, Steve. You're no gentleman. Uh, a, oh. not a gentleman. <laughs> Right? I don't know how to gentleman. I don't know which one's the salad fork. B, Air Canada lost my bag. So no pants for me. Yeah. <laughs> so Canada, I'm sorry. Did they not sell any, like, pants in the airport of any kind? Or? Well, I got to my, my place like there. sweats? Final destination, thinking that my bag was going to be waiting for me. Oh. And, yeah, no, it was not. And at that point, you know, I get to the hotel. It's like 2 in the morning. And uh, I figured I'll just deal with it later. Uh, no, no, it was lost for a long time. I eventually had to go buy pants because you just can't walk around Canada like that. Yeah, They're no, a tolerant that's, that's people. But... Definitely frowned upon. Now, question for you. Mm -hmm. At what point had you last checked the integrity of your pants? It's not a test I normally do. I don't perform uh, pants integrity tests really on a regular basis. So really, for all I you should. know, this enormous tear could have happened weeks prior and you've been <laughs> wandering around... I think I would have noticed, well, A, I'm not wearing the same pair of pants for weeks at a time. Okay. It just looks like it. You know, it's just different shades of dad well, jeans. just all different khakis. I don't know. <laughs> jeans. <laughs> like 12 pairs of the exact same khakis. More or less. Summertime, it's cargo shorts. Not summertime, it's it's dad jeans. Thank you, Levi's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when it happened. I feel like it must not have happened when we started the day because I, I feel like my, my wife would have called attention to it. Uh, I don't know. It happens somewhere. One would hope. Although, I, maybe that just uh, kind of points to the fact that she doesn't stare at your crotch all day long. Not near often enough. Wow. Yeah, maybe that was the first glance of the day, which is why I sit like that directly across from her. Make sure, you know, keep the magic so alive. Like in an airport, I feel like I'd be sitting next to my wife. I wouldn't be completely across the aisle from her. Well, know. that way you can look right at her and talk, because we've been sitting next to each other for freaking hours on the airplane well, talk but aren't they like like six feet apart the chairs not where i was no they, they were they were close enough together where one could comfortably gaze upon their loved one's crotch and talk about it I see. right on <laughs> well that's an but amazing... i'm here i'm podcasting that's great. and that's an amazing yeah. story and, i'm an amazing uh, man i should take a moment to mention our musical guest tonight gordon yes is none other than Dave Hill, the comedian, musician, famous author, actor extraordinaire. 
his band Valley Lodge was who you heard up front with the tune True, taken from their 2018 album Fog Machine on TP Records. You know, Gord, what I really dig about Dave's work is in addition to having like a great ear for a crunchy pop hook and to being hilarious and having this really unique delivery, he is an incredible guitar player. I mean, the things he does comedically, you simply could not do without being a spectacular musician. So I've really been enjoying taking a deep dive into his musical works, and uh, we're going to hear a lot more from his projects as well as an interview with the man himself later in the show. But first, we should talk about the Kickstarter campaign for the 2024 Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. The 13th such event, if funded, the festival will take place April 13th, 2024 at Sif Cinema Egyptian in Seattle. Indeed. At the time of this recording, we are at 73% of our campaign goal, and uh, we're expecting big things, man. So I think it's time to announce our artist for this festival, who you may recall from our 2020 Film Fest is none other than Alex Holitz. That's right. I know One of our own is doing the art again this year. Uh, She's the one that did the art. The bright gold t-shirts. And art that we did a few years ago. The one with the two-headed skeleton on it, right? Well, they all have that. <laughs> oh, right. No, one has a two-headed skeleton demon. Uh, or an alien, but yes, a two-headed, yeah. two-headed mascot. And uh, I would expect nothing different in our 2020 incarnation. Uh, keep an eye peeled later this week. Uh, by the time you hear this, actually, there should be a teaser of that art up on social media. So uh, keep an eye peeled for that. Damn Once straight. Again, Looking forward to it. If you are wearing bone bat socks, that is an Alex Holitz design on your ankles right now. That is. Uh, Again, our musical guest for the 2024 Comedy of Horrors is Pine Box Boys from San Francisco. We're super excited to have them rejoining us again up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Thank you to all the supporters so far who have fired in. Uh, If you haven't pledged yet, just a reminder, this is your... Final chance to get tickets and swag at the cheapest possible price. So, tickets are forty bucks. Uh, two tickets are seventy-five. You save five bucks. What? What about the enormous package, Steve? Is the this enormous package? The only the, time you can get that. Only time you can get the, the <gasps> best deal currently going in all of film festum. In all of film festum. That's right. You get a ticket to the show, you get a t-shirt, you get a poster, and you get a bunch of other great swag that we're going to pull together unique to each year's festival. So, how cool is that? It's super cool. It really, really is. So, if you haven't backed yet, uh, please go to the link on the Bone Bat page and pledge for tickets. Now, you only have until December 15th at 7 p.m. to uh, take advantage of this offer. So, get it while the getting is good. Operators are standing by. I don't know why they're standing by. We don't use operators. We I just thought we'd it, mention that. It sounds cool to say. Yeah. Especially Thank for you, old operators. people when we, they used to have operators. Like, we we remember that. But. I do, yeah. <laughs> that your phone was, like, tethered to the wall by a curly cord. Exactly. You had to memorize people's phone numbers. So, anyway, that's it for the film festival. Uh, but before we get to some more awesome Dave Hill music, Gord, what pisses you off, man? Man, I, I hate to beat a dead Canadian horse, but... Air Canada, you guys are lying assholes, and I feel like this pisses me off, and this is going to be a public service to all of our listeners. Every single flight I took on Air Canada, all five of them, they all had the same announcement. 
And that is, we don't have enough room for everybody's carry-on. We just don't. Something happened. We're all out of carry-on room. You got to check your carry. If your carry-on doesn't easily fit into this thing right here, boom, boom, we will take it. We will take it away right here at the door, and we will deal with it. They're lying. They're totally lying. Air Canada. Why? Because they throw 25% of the luggage out into the street before the plane (laughs) takes off? First of all, that, yes. Second of all, you didn't get your bag on time. They have plenty of room. Third of all, my bag, it's it's puffy, Steve. It's puffy. There's a pillow in there. There's a fleece jacket. They puff out. But it will fit into the allotted space if you put it up in there and squish. But because it didn't easily slide in, I said, oh, okay. I'm a rule follower. Sure, Air Canada. I trust you. Here's my bag. And then I watched. I watched as every other passenger on the airplanes walked down the way. Bags way bigger than mine. Hard-sided luggage. Nobody's bag was taken. No. And they had plenty of room for all the bags. It is just a test they do to see if you're a sucker. No, I think I it's I think it's they can use it if they need to type of a deal. Because we did the oh, same yeah. thing. Before we went to Germany back in May, the whole family was like, you know, okay, how can I shave 12 ounces out of this? Because international flights between Ireland and Germany had not only a size but a weight factor that you had to abide by. And, yeah, you're absolutely right that there were people who were dragging, like, actual ship anchors onto the... <laughs> Plane. Sea crates with vampires in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoving them into the overhead willy-nilly. Coughing dirt, getting all over everybody. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. It, you know, th- I've, I've experienced that same thing, too, where they announce, like, hey, if we run out of room, we might ask you. But Air Canada, they were adamant. They're like, we don't have the room. We will take your shit. That's funny. Yeah. Nice people, the Canadians, all except... Air Canada. I, I don't know if that's just like where they put the evil in Canada or what, but that's funny. Well, what about you, Steve? What's what's pissing you off? You know what kind of pisses me off is uh, last week I went and saw Suicidal Tendencies live here in Seattle at the Showbox Soto, and uh, when the tickets went on sale, it was advertised as. Suicidal Tendencies 40th anniversary show with special guests to be announced later. And so I bought a ticket. I'm like, this is going to be fucking cool, right? They're probably going to load this with a bunch of local punk bands, like maybe Accused AD or something. That would be fucking great. Acid Teeth and Detonator are both incredible. White City Graves, Brain Cell Genocide, they're fun. Coffin Break is still around. There's loads of options in Seattle. Sure. Like, who knows what largesse we're going to get on this 40th anniversary. You only turn 40 once, right? Zombie Kurt Cobain. We don't know. Who knows? And and so I get the tickets. And then, like, a couple weeks before, they're a good band. But uh, one band is announced as an opening act. Filth is Eternal. And so uh, it was just kind of weird. It's like, because I'm used to these bills with, like, four, five, six bands on them lately. Like, you just get a ton of bands, and they're switching things out. Every 15 minutes, you get a new band, and it's awesome. And so, you know, I get there and uh, go into the the theater at 7 p.m. when doors open. I walk in, have a beer with a friend, and there's, like, a DJ playing punk and metal tunes on stage with a turntable. And he proceeds to do this for two fucking hours. Oh. Two hours. Then, Filth is Eternal comes on, who were great, high energy, totally got the crowd fired up for like a 30-minute set. 
And then that was it. And so you're like, okay, well, Suicidal's going to get going here in like 30 minutes. So they, you know, change the set over. Everything is fixed. The lights dim a little bit. And then nothing happens for another fucking hour and a half. Oh, my God. Suicidal didn't go on until 10 p.m. That is disrespectful. Which is fucking ridiculous in this day and age. And it's like you can only drink so many beers and buy so much merch. And especially, you know, you're thinking that, wow, what a waste, because you could have easily fit two more 30-minute bills of local bands that would have got amazing exposure if you had added them to this bill. And it just didn't happen. So, you know, I mean, the the set, I got to say, was fucking great. They played every song off of their first album except for Possessed. For some reason, they played Possessed to Skate. Maybe they were worried about too much possession. Too much, sure. yeah, the over-possession, perhaps. But super high energy. Uh, playing guitar for them now is Ben Weinman, the guy who used to be guitar player for Dillinger Escape Plan. That guy is so off the wall. He's jumping off things, flying around, swinging his guitar. I hear before he's like hit Mike Muir in the head with his guitar because he's always flailing around. Ty Trujillo, who is Robert Trujillo from Metallica's son, is their bass player. They had this spectacular kid who was playing drums. Grayson Necrutman, I think, and my apologies if I'm mispronouncing it, who my friend described as being the second coming of Buddy Rich. Accurately, I think. He was freaking amazing. So, uh, great set, high energy, super fun. For Institutionalized at the end, they brought like 50 or 100 fans out of the stands to go on stage with them while they play Institutionalized. It was fucking cool. Well, that's cool. But you could have fit so much more music into that night, and I don't think it would have cost very much. So, bummer disappointed it feels like a miss but there you go and also a dj that plays records yeah. in front of the band that, yeah. no one is ever excited about that no one ever goes oh good this guy's playing records yeah. i don't know that's a cop I mean, he was playing cool stuff yeah but st- I, you have cool stuff you have records you can I play at home right yeah yeah just about half the people in the audience could spin that set I, yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> right you never go, oh boy, I certainly hope someone plays a record of music I like at this concert yeah, where I want so. to see live people perform. Yeah, it just seemed like, you know, it, with the exception of I got the, a ridiculously easy parking space. But it was like I went to this, uh, the Seahawks were playing that night. So I was going to go catch like the first half of the Seahawks game. There's this new sports bar called the Press Box that opened two blocks away. I walked down there. For some reason, it's closed during a Seahawks game. The bar yeah, wasn't Seahawks, open. they're not exactly a sports team, though. I, yeah, you're nice. <laughs> you know, so it was just like, well, that kind of sucked. And I ended up going to another place, and it was okay, but the food was kind of cold, and I don't know. Everything was just a little less awesome than it could have been that whole night. And so that, your highlight was your parking place. Yeah. Jesus. Nah, well, and Suicidal was great. Absolutely a top-notch live act. There's no no argument there. Also, Filth is Eternal did a great job, so I really can't fault any of the music at all on display, just that there wasn't more of it. But yeah, things could have been a little better, and that pisses me off. I'm spoiled. I'm a spoiled consumer, Gord. But you're really not. You are one of the most appreciative people I know. I'm not just blowing smoke up your skirt. You find the joy in just about any situation you're in. So, meh. (laughs) Right on. All right, well, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. All right, well, uh, this one is from Valley Lodge and their 2013 release, Use Your Weapons. It's called Sweet Elizabeth.
We are back once again. That was Sweet Elizabeth by Valley Lodge from Use Your Weapons 2013. The cheeriest song about Elizabeth Bathory, at least I've ever heard. And joining us now on the show, I'm so excited to say, musician, actor, four-time author, and the golden helmet of comedy, Dave Hill. How you doing, man? Oh, really good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for joining us on the show. Now, you notice the golden helmet of comedy there. I referenced both Finnish hockey and your book. So I yes, just want you to be on your you. toes because you oh, know, no. we, that's kind of how we roll. We do that shit all the time here on the Bone Bash Show. I caught it. I was impressed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right on. So your body of work is so robust. Uh, I almost didn't know where to start with this interview. Because, for instance, you know, I've been watching John Oliver for years. But just recently, I holy shit. Dave Hill in Valley Lodge did the theme song for this show. I've been watching all this time. I was yeah. checking out the uh, latest autopsy album, Ashes, Organs, Blood, and Crips. Grooving on that, and all of a sudden I find out, oh shit, you like that, Steve? Because Dave Hill also works with Chris Reeford on Painted Dolls. So you've yep. got all kinds of awesome shit going. So I, I guess where I'll start is, which came first, telling jokes or ripping sweet solos? Um, Definitely ripping sweet solos. I never planned to go into comedy, but it was just kind of accidental. And then now I just kind of just for my own enjoyment, rip sweet solos while <laughs> I'm doing comedy because just more fun for me. I mean, I think people enjoy it also. But yeah, that way I just leave the house once, you know, instead of twice. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Just, you know, get it all out of my system. Come home. So you often, you know, you have your band stuff and then you've got your live comedy where I've seen you working with the band. Do you tend to work with the same musicians or do you have like a rotating stable of friends? How does that work? Who you work with? 
Uh, it's kind of Chuck Berry style, you know. Sometimes if it's in New York and you know there's different shows like Tom Papa's Come to Papa Show or Wesley Stace's Cabinet of Wonders, or, uh, I'll have those bands, their house bands. But in other cities, if there's a house band, I'll use that. But that's pretty much like I just kind of reach out and find people. Uh, in each city who want to do it and a lot of times I don't meet the players until there's been times when I haven't met them at all until I call the band on stage oh really uh, that's that's interesting huh yeah I, I mean not always preferably I meet them ahead of time but mm-hmm. there's been many times when I haven't or at least you know maybe I haven't met the drummer or something like that and I'll just kind of turn around and introduce myself <laughs> After was like when I've already been on stage for a while, right on. Yeah, well, Valley Lodge is that's your main artistic focus when it comes to music. I take it. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much that's the only thing right now. I mean, I Chris and I are talking about doing another Pain and Dial record. Maybe I hope we do. Um, yeah, but Valley, stuff. thank you. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do it. Um, but got to see when we both can make it happen and then um and then yeah valley lodge we have a new record coming out i think in february right on do you think that you would tour with that or is that kind of occasional shows as it fit into everything else that you do maybe we will i don't know i mean it's it's harder like unless like something crazy happened i doubt we would like get in a van and go tour just because everyone i think it would just be not financially feasible but maybe i don't know never know we toured japan once and we did bonnaroo as the house band for triumph the insult comic dog and then other other than that we've only we played in cleveland once we played in columbus ohio once and then that's it we've never played outside of new york other than that other than you know less than 10 10 shows maybe total (laughs) <laughs> wow, I, I never would have. You guys are so tight that never would have occurred to me. <laughs> I mean, we we've played many times in New York. We haven't played a show though, and it's been f- almost four years. But I think we will play in the new year. Finally, get together. I mean, we, we made the record, so we've seen each other and played mm. and stuff. We just haven't played live because of the pandemic and just other things. But I think sure. we will get back to it. Yeah, I get it. So uh, how did it turn up that you ended up doing the theme song for John Oliver's Last Week Tonight? That was just a really nice thing that happened. We, you know, we had released that record, our third record, Use Your Weapons. And not long after, Liz Stanton from the show, I've known Liz for a long time. She called and, you know, said, you know, we want to use the song and it's the first song on the record and. I was, I think, you know, just very lucky that uh, and honored that they chose it. And uh, it's because it's such a great show. I love that show. And John's amazing. And uh, so I'm super psyched to be a part of it in that way. And and uh, we played on the show once a few years ago. And that was really fun. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish I had like four or five more TV theme songs. Uh, <laughs> sure, that would be not? nice. Yeah, but but to, to even have one's an amazing thing, you know. Knock on wood, they'll stay to keep doing the show for a long time. Yeah, 
Well, that's one of the things I noticed about Valley Lodge is really catchy hooks. You've got a great, oh, a great knack for that. That a lot of bands, you know, they might have one or two catchy songs on an album, but your stuff it seems like that's fun and that's fun and that's fun, and I, I really have enjoyed that as I tapped into your work. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. I mean, we just kind of make records that we would want to listen to, and just kind of fun, catchy rock music. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just kind of. I'm glad you like it. Thank oh, you. You're very welcome. So uh, why don't we jump over to, uh, you do, like I mentioned, a lot of different stuff. Uh, designing menswear, of all things. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's just kind of like, during the pandemic, I started painting like like saws and hatchets and stuff. Mm. Actually, I did this, I painted this saw for Chris Reifert from Autopsy's mom. Really? He wanted to surprise her. I forgot. Christmas or something. I can't remember her birthday, maybe. And I painted this saw for her, and I like the pattern. I have a friend, my friend Corey Allard, who um, works in fashion, and she had wanted to do like a clothing line. So, yeah, we've done like four women's dresses, and I think four men's shirts, and like a couple women's robes, and like a, a tote bag. You know, it's very tiny operation, and uh, we just kind of make make a few, like a hundred of each thing, and then that's it. And uh, I, I'd be thrilled if it like exploded into something that actually made me some money. But you know, it's kind of I don't, you know, it's kind of just a very small thing. Hopefully, it'll grow though. That'd be cool. Right on. Well, why don't we yeah. talk a little bit about your fourth book, The Awesome Game? Oh yeah, which thank I you. Just finished. Totally fun read. I got to say, the uh, chapter on your visit to the Kenyan Ice Lions was worth the price of admission alone. I laughed my ass off reading that chapter. So much fun. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. Uh, and it started, I was, I'm really into hockey jerseys. And so I was looking on the internet late at night, like coolest non NHL jerseys. And there was like a website that had you know much jersey and there's one that was kenya ice lions and i was like kenya that must be like some small town in ontario or something you know and no relation oh wait pun yeah upon further <laughs> inspection it was actually actually the actual kenya so i got a hold of these guys and asked if i could come over and play with them and they were like yeah so it was amazing i, I really want to go back i i was hoping to go back by now or Maybe like because it was it's been a couple years now, and uh, gosh, has it been? Maybe it's been three years by now. I'm not sure. I don't know how long it's been. Too long. <laughs> but uh, no, maybe it's been almost two years. I guess. But uh, I'll get back there one of these days. I really want to because it was just a uh, pretty mind blowing experience and just like I wasn't there that long, so I really only got to scratch the surface you know but uh amazing country and cool it's the kind of place where you go like oh i could i want to live here it's awesome <laughs> and and very affordable yeah yeah what what i learned from the book reading it uh, a couple of things uh, first of all you, you cajoled me into buying a book about hockey which is a first nobody's ever been able to do that before. oh good so my my plan is working congratulations uh, second it's kind of a delivery vehicle for footnotes, man. Nobody footnotes like you. And I got to say, it dawned uh -huh. on me 
that the footnote is kind of the guitar solo of writing. That you're going along oh, and there's wow. a story, and then, bam, rip a footnote. And that's I like what that. You did. Thank you. And I oh, thought that's that, really nice. that was fucking awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I started doing that with the first book, I think, like, just like to write, yeah, write down things that didn't quite fit in the flow of things. And also, like, it's a secret way to hack away at the contractually agreed upon word count. <laughs> so sure. you go, like, well, Maybe get a few thousand words past the finish line with footnotes. But then there's also, you know, there's people that find the footnotes really annoying. Uh, I am uh, not one of those people. Oh, thank you. And thank <laughs> you for wearing my, uh, being a member of my street gang, the Dangerous Snakes Who Hate Bullshit. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. I love it. It's so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's so, fun uh, being a gang leader. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, also, uh, with regards to the book, uh, you mentioned Hanoi Rocks twice in the book, and it just brings to really? light that any book that doesn't mention Hanoi Rocks is kind of bullshit. I'd have to strongly agree with that, and I'll do you one better. <laughs> My first book, I think, also mentions Hanoi Rocks. Oh, really? Okay, I'll have to, I I'll think have to get so. back and check that one out. Because uh, Valley Lodge, when we toured Japan, we went to see... Hanoi Rocks was doing their farewell Japanese tour, what? and we saw them in Tokyo. Oh, I'm so jealous. But yeah. yeah, by the time I started listening to Hanoi Rocks and discovered them, it was two steps from the move had come out, and not long after Razzle had passed away. Mm -hmm. So I never got to see, like, you know, the original version of Hanoi Rocks or anything. Yeah, me neither. I mean, with us, it was just uh, Michael Monroe and. Andy oh, McCoy. Andy. They so were still talking what, at that time? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It was like 2009. And then, well, I guess you read in the book, yeah, I was in um, Helsinki, and my friend was like, oh, this is Andy's at this place every night. And uh, it was on my list of places to go. So we, But then we ended up going there, and he wasn't there. So. <laughs> oh, bummer. What are you going to do? Yeah. Wow. So uh, sort of the gist of the book is... You've been perturbed by the fact that hockey has not been more popular in the United States. And uh, I sort of feel like here in Seattle, uh, we just got the Kraken two years ago. I've been to a couple of games. Uh, yeah. That hockey terminology is sprinkling into this cultural lexicon right now. With shows like uh, Letterkenny and Shorzy. Uh, even yeah, for sure. our uh, Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, we did the Seattle premiere of Another Wolf Cop here. And if you haven't seen a werewolf goalie murder an entire opposing hockey team, you've got to check that film out. It's a lot of fun. Oh, okay. I'm in. So you I got to check it out. Yeah, it seems like hockey is becoming more and more popular all the time. Uh, did you get that feeling when you finished the book and your, your journeys? Did you feel positive about the experience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's growing. And, and uh, yeah, I think whatever people... I mean, it's funny, like shows like Shorzy and... And, um, you know, Letterkenny and then movies like Slapshot, the kind of feel and the th ways they celebrate hockey in those things are kind of like kind of what I wanted to do with the book, even though it's not like all like hockey culture and things like that. But just that feeling like hockey, I, I just like to be around it and even to have it like represented on Shorzy or whatever, or even just having like two hockey playing characters on Letterkenny is like 
really entertaining for me and uh and it's cool like you know i think it's cool it's growing like seattle mm-hmm. i mean i think seattle they're they really need to uh get cooler jerseys in my opinion <laughs> right we're the kraken i mean yeah the, you the should have should be more badass yeah it's just the letter s and it's kind of scaly or whatever come on they're not try <laughs> try a little bit I will say this. I've been to a couple cracking games, and one of the cool things is that when they start, the lights go out, and they do this, like, Godzilla radio transmission of there's a monster out in the bay, and then they lower a giant tentacle from the ceiling onto the ice, and it's pretty fucking sweet. I like that. I mean, but they should have, the like, blood <laughs> on the tentacle and, like, have a sailor, like, wrapped up in the tentacle. Yeah. You know, it should be, like, I don't know. Someone should be suffering to really <laughs> drive it home. In my Absolutely. opinion. Yeah, no, I, I don't uh, have any fault with that at all. So uh, I noticed uh, you're coming to town. You're going to play I am. on the fi- December 15th. Now, 15th. on the 14th, the Kraken are at home playing the Blackhawks. Are you going to oh, do the, the uh, national anthem on guitar for that game? I, I wish I were, but I'm going to be in Portland that night. Oh, but okay. I'm trying. I mean, like, from your lips to God's ears, I'm really trying to do the anthem at an NHL game, but I keep hearing, like, that a lot of teams have, like, a dedicated, the same person all the time doing it. Like, sometimes they have this stupid, like, America's Got Talent kind of contest, and someone wins, and they get to be the... But I I really want to do it, so I'm going to keep... I did an AHL game in Cleveland a couple weeks ago. So I'm hoping, um, hoping I'll get the chance to do it that's, better. That's crazy because uh, I, I know you're not a football fan. I'm a Seahawks season ticket holder here in Seattle. And Jerry oh, Cantrell wow. from Allison Chains played the national anthem uh, a few games ago this year. So it's um, like not unheard of to have like sweet guitar uh, versions of the national anthem played at sporting events. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, I I crushed it. I have video. I did screw up the Canadian anthem. I'll I'll admit to that. I learned it very well, but I got distracted and I was kind of like looking around. And uh, the average American wouldn't notice, but uh, thank God the game was in Cleveland because had it been in Toronto, there would have been Toronto. words. Cross yeah, words. but the Toronto Marlies were very gracious about it. They were like, "Well, you recovered and kept going." A lesser. Musician would have stopped, but you kept going. So Right on. Well, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the book, and uh, I hope some of our listeners pick it up and check it out. It's a fun read. I hope so, too, and I, I hope they come to my show. And, well, you better at least come. Oh, yeah. We're, my wife and I are going to be there. I'm looking the forward 15th. to it very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be fun. So listen, uh, you are into so much stuff, and uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So how about a little lightning round of questions? Lay it on me. Number one, greatest guitar pedal ever. What would never come off your board? Oh, well, that's a tough question because I don't know if I have the greatest. Oh, man, this is a really hard question. Because I have a lot of great guitar pedals, but really the ones that stay on are the ones that kind of like have a more utilitarian. I'm answering this in in the nerdiest (laughs) way. I actually don't even have a tuner on the board at the moment. Really? I should. No, because I just use Did those clip-on like things. Or something? Yeah, I mean, I don't leave it on because I think that's like 
the fanny pack of guitar exactly. accessories to leave That's it. That's how I totally am, too. I, I, it seems like amateur hour to have a snark on your thing if you're on stage. Yeah, it's totally a lame move. I've seen <laughs> surprising amount of people do it. It's very, but yeah, uh, probably Steve Vibe would do it, and I would shut my fucking mouth. But <laughs> no, but I, but like Paul Gilbert, I see you do it, and I really love Paul Gilbert. But he does it, and I didn't wish he wouldn't. But uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I think the only thing I ever always have on it is. Uh, Earthquake or Devices Dispatch Master would be the one. Dispatch. But that's like, you know, kind of give it a little slap back reverb delay thing. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, for the greatest pedal of all time, you know, probably like a Big Muff or something. All right. Or some version. Actually, the Brad Davis from Fu Manchu makes some awesome pedals under the name Creepy Fingers Effects. And he makes kind of a Big Muff adjacent pedal called the Belch after Pumanchu guitar player Bob Belch and uh that guitar that's a sweet pretty sweet big muff variant. Oh nice or like, I'm, I'm a fuzz fiend, so I'm always well, if quickest way to get my attention or get me to spend money on a pedal is a distortion or a fuzz, some kind oh, of me cool too. New I mean, twist I, on that. I love that. I have so many like I haven't even had the chance to plug some of them in because I buy them and I'm like cool alright I have it but I mean like you know the Earthquaker devices Hoof Reaper's amazing I've used that a ton that's like two fuzzes and an octave up in one it's great uh, I just got the Hilbish Pessimizer which is oh, like a Mel- that's Melvin. the uh, Melvin's pedal yeah yeah I have that sitting right behind my computer here but I literally haven't had two seconds to mess with it but i'm excited about it and uh i don't know it's endless i buy pedals like a fool and uh i have so many it's so dumb but also so cool okay (laughs) next question this is from my co-host gord who lives in the sacramento but he wants me to ask you how would you turn around san jose's season the sharks i would get rid of uh the teal in their jersey. That's the <laughs> that problem. That's the problem. I hate teal jerseys. I hate it. I always have. It's lame. Uh, it became this trend at some point in the last 25 years or whatever, and it sucks. And uh, they deserve everything that comes to them in negative uh, <laughs> things right for on. wearing those horrible jerseys. Also, like, I don't know, maybe they've modified it since I've really paid attention, but their jersey is just like a shark biting a stick in half. Should be a shark, like, maiming a hockey player. Like, put off, like, a guy from the Bruins getting maimed or something. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you do. Yeah, there you go. Come on. <laughs> right on. What, you're just breaking a stick? What's that going to do? Kill someone. <laughs> Okay, next question. Settle an argument. In the book, you mentioned that your grandfather was a haberdasher. What does a haberdasher primarily sell? Menswear. Uh, Thank you. Okay, so for our film festival, we do a number of rewards in the crowdfunding campaign. And we have something called haberdasherage, where you can get 
a bone bat hoodie and a t-shirt and a work shirt. So it's basically a whole men's wardrobe. And oh, my nice. daughter and my co-host were giving me a ton of shit because they said that a haberdasher sells hats and it was no. a miss to not have a hat. So that's why I can't, I'm coming to you as somebody who would know. No, they're wrong. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. A haberdasher can sell hats. Yes. But it's not, not in the business of selling hats solely. Thank you for settling that. I appreciate it. How many guitars is too many guitars, Dave? Uh, however many are in my apartment. It's probably <laughs> That's a too. trick question, of course. There's no such thing. No, I know. I agree. <laughs> there is no such thing. But my apartment is starting to close in. Like, you can just kind of see the madness beginning yeah. over there. Like, Well, you can see behind me on the wall. Yeah, the you're the same. Pieces. Yeah, we're, we're, we're simpatico on. Yeah, but I be living in a New York apartment and having I don't even know coming up on thirty probably starts. <laughs> it's like a guitar center. Speaking of which, why is Guitar Center such a rich font for comedy? I think Guitar Center is uh, a rich font for comedy just because uh, it's basically like going to a guitar dealership for musical equipment. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, not really. Like I've I've known. People that work there's cool people that work there, but like, I think growing up that was kind of the vibe. Is like go, it was like you're going to like a used car lot that happens to sell strats instead or whatever. <laughs> right, right but on. you know, I I'll, I'll go in there and buy a cord or pick. I've n- I don't think I've bought any. I'll probably remember otherwise, but I pretty much I don't buy any like big ticket items there. I've bought a few used guitars there. So occasionally, I'll walk through and say, oh, that's pretty sweet. I got a, a Zach Wild Odin Les Paul there used, and I, that's a delightful guitar. I was, I was glad I got it. Great deal. In Ode, like a, from Wild Audio? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it was Schecter then. So, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think Schecter makes them, but it's it's got the Schechter Wild Schecter makes them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had one of those. I had a... Uh, a Gibson Target, whatever that's called. I borrowed one in London from Gibson. Oh yeah, that was his his original uh, signature guitar. Yeah, that's I had one of those for like a week, and it was pretty awesome. I have to say, it's got a fat not, neck. Did it have a really fat neck on it? I don't remember it being that fat. This one has it, a it's, fat neck on it. I feel like it's maybe of all the guitars I own, it's the, the fattest. Maybe. I mean, I definitely have. My Les Paul has a fatter neck. I have like a 56, you know, custom shop that oh, has a pretty nice. pretty wow. fat neck. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, while we're on guitars, uh, what guitar is your go-to? You're going to sit down on the couch. You're going to practice for a little while. What guitar do you most often grab? I did have a Gibson 330 Memphis custom shop in the living room up until like a half hour ago. <laughs> And then that was the main guitar in the living room for a long time. It had been out there at least a year or two. And then I just... But I'm always playing different. You know, like, probably the guitar I've been playing more than any lately has been the Illuminati guitars, Orion. That's a beautiful guitar. I've seen you on stage with it a couple of times. And it lights up, too. 
Yeah, it's insane. It's a great guitar. And then I just got a Godfrey guitar, Voltez. That Voltez is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. Oh my God, that is a cool looking guitar. Is that one of a kind? Well, I mean, Les Godfrey is the guy behind, you know, Godfrey Guitars, and he is an amazing visionary, I think. And uh, so he's made Voltezes before, but um, that the one that I have that I just got, you know, I don't know, in the last couple weeks, it's the only one like that I've seen that's black and has like two. I think he's made them before like one humbucker but i wanted to and uh it's insane i can't wait to like go on tour with it and then so that and then i played a dunnable when i did the anthem i got a green crackle one with a floyd rose uh, I, uh, I picked up a uh, dunnable r2 a few years ago and it's my favorite guitar i love that thing oh yeah their their guitars are great it's a I mean, beautiful I, guitar uh i have an asteroid like a frost blue one that's amazing that I've played a lot. And then this this one, right, yeah. Next question. is the reigning U.S. expert on sweet hockey sweaters. What metal band has the best hockey jersey? Like uh, as their merch? Yeah. that's I've seen a bunch of that lately. Cannibal Corpse, Slayer. I've seen a bunch of bands have hockey jersey. I mean, I guess I have seen that quite a bit. I mean, the best one I ever saw... Venom. I don't think Venom ever made them, but on eBay I found several Venom hockey jerseys that I don't think you can really beat that. Like the Venom Venom logo with the Baphomet as a hockey jersey. I don't think you can really top that. Yeah, I think that's that's next level. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, speaking of comedy, when you're doing a show and you're hassling your band or whatever, do you ever tell them to say, come on, Dave, give me a break, so that you can say one break coming up and rip a sweet solo? No, no, that would that would be allowing them to talk, which I don't do. <laughs> oh, that bring it down, I can still hear you. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah, that would require being nice to them. It's not really part of it. What cheese really puts a cheese plate over the top? You know, I got to say I'm kind of, you know, I like a variety of cheeses, but I hate to say it, but like I love just like a nice uh, pepper jack cheese. I'm a simple man. Like my girlfriend really likes Jarlsberg. Okay. That's really good, but whenever I get some pepper jack, I'm always pretty psyched, I have to say. Nice. All right. And the last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Dave, what pisses you off, man? Uh, Just people being, I don't know, rude. Anyone that uses, listens, or watches something on their phone, like on speaker without headphones, even if you're not consciously being an asshole, you're an asshole. You do that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's kind of one of those things that, that people forgot how to do things during pandemic or whatever, but occasionally, yeah, you'll be in the, like the grocery store and somebody is walking, listening to Kanye in the frozen foods aisle. And it just seems so weird. Yeah. That I really hate. Uh, <laughs> anyone who FaceTimes in public. I hate that people that talk into their phone, like they're eating a pop tart. <laughs> that, that's not really, doesn't piss me off. I just find it like what's wrong with you. Yeah, but that weird. person is also probably doing it on speakerphone. Yeah. 
I, I hate, I just really hate people, I guess. <laughs> right on. My girlfriend and I, I do love people, but many people, <laughs> but my girlfriend and I were always like New York. We're like, New York's amazing. Apartment, our apartment's amazing. What we don't like are the people. <laughs> if I could just have all this without the people, it'd be great. Yeah, the people are awful. Not New Yorkers, but just a certain kind of person that kind of every major city now is kind of overrun by really annoying wealthy people yeah seattle's no different <laughs> yeah finance bro trust fund fuckers you know not a fan unless they want to come to show in which case i love them <laughs> but right on so where can our listeners find your stuff dave uh, I have an internet website at DaveHillOnline.com, and then all my social media is Mr. Dave Hill, Mr. Dave Hill, all one word. And yeah, if you those things, you'll you'll find the stuff from there. And I'll just uh, mention it here: uh, the Treating Your Mom Like Gold tour, which is freaking hilarious, uh, is hitting the Pacific Northwest, uh, Portland on December 13th at Mississippi Studios, and Seattle right here uh, on. December 15th at Capitol Hill Comedy Bar. If I bring my book, can I get it signed, Dave? Yeah, 1,000%. Awesome. Um, and I'll probably have books with me to try to get people to buy. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Thank you again for joining us on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you and, for having uh, me. Why don't you introduce this next tune? Oh, this is the little song called Go, which is also the theme song to Last Week Tonight with John Oliver by my band, Valley Lock.
All right, we're back once again. That was Valley Lodge with Go, the theme song for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, taken from 2013's Use Your Weapons. Again, you can find their stuff at valleylodge.bandcamp.com. Gord, you got any weird stuff this week? Oh, man, Steve, I, I got the weirdest stuff. Yeah, there's an ermid legend. An ermid legend? An ermid le- yes, a legend. It's a legend about a rodent? A small rodent that they used in royalty's garments. No! <laughs> An urban legend about someone getting a bowl of chili in like a Wendy's in Stockton or something, and, and it had a finger in it. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Everyone's heard that. The story changes, I think, depending on your location. Or? Yeah, I don't know. And perhaps it's, perhaps it's even true. But today's story... Has got to be true because I'm reading it on the Associated Press from Mount Kisco, New York. A customer has filed a lawsuit against a fast casual chain called Chopped over a salad that she, the customer, says contained a piece of the manager's finger. What? The fact that they can like they can say this this is where the finger came from. This is what adds legitimacy to this story. See, she said that. She realized while eating the salad that she was chewing on a portion of human finger that had been mixed into and made part of the salad. Now, how a would man- you identify? Well, I guess you could if it's clearly a piece of human finger, but a piece that large, presumably you'd miss it if you were the manager. <laughs> right? What? Do we, hey, wait, hold on. Like otherwise, you know, how could you discern a small piece of meat is not pork or chicken or whatever else had been on that cutting board earlier? That's the thing that I found amazing, that she uh, realized she was chewing on a portion of human finger. She's chewing away. She's like, wait a minute. This isn't chicken. This does taste familiar, though. I don't know. According to the lawsuit, a manager at the restaurant had accidentally, thank God, severed a piece of her left pointer finger while chopping arugula. This is why you, I never order the arugula. Good, the, good call. Yeah, the manager went to the hospital, but the contaminated arugula was served to customers. Yeah! Uh, so that's how they know that the chain of custody of this digit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. The Worcester County Health Department records show that Chop was fined $900 for the salad finger. The lawsuit posits that the plaintiff has suffered injuries, including shock, panic attacks, migraine, cognitive impairment, nausea, dizziness, neck and shoulder pain as a result erections of erections lasting more than 4 hours. Yes. And not only not always her own erection. I don't understand. I, I mean, I've never eaten human flesh that I'm aware of, but that just seems like a whole lot of things happening yeah, to it, you. It went as, into a opportunistic cash grab. Uh yeah. Neck and shoulder pain how? I don't know. Nausea? I can see that. Maybe when she when she realized what it was, she cringed so hard that it cricked her neck. <laughs> a neck crick and cringe? Yeah. It could happen. Yeah, I, guess I guess it could happen. I don't know. Panic attack? Cognitive oh, man, impairment? Like bucks, though. Who's getting the finger in that deal? <laughs> Normally, these places charge you extra for extra toppings <laughs> on your right, salad. Yeah. She got the finger for free. Yeah, no. Uh, the and plaintiff's attorney the, says they don't that, want to comment. No salad yes. was the same without some human finger on it. <laughs> could never. That's the real the real crime here is that she can no longer enjoy salads. 
Yeah, you know how hard it is to find a place with a secret menu that serves human fingers on the salad? It's not easy. Oh, after listening to the story, I know how hard it is. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Wait, what? Jeez. That is the weirdest boner right there. <laughs> Finger Wait, salad boner. <laughs> I didn't say anything about boners. You that didn't was all you. To. So uh, what was the, the upshot? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What was no, the... really. I mean, this the suit is ongoing. Oh, it's an she ongoing says that suit. she does not wish to comment further. But <laughs> here we are commenting for her. If she'd like to come on the show and discuss this, our door is always open to you, finger eater. Yeah. So that's my weird stuff, Steve. That was truly weird. Weird and horrifying. Yes. So I don't New know why York, the... it was not in Florida this time. No, not Florida. Right on. No. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're consuming human flesh in Florida as we record this. But <laughs> yeah, there, it's no kind of a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> you want fingers with that? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Hold on, Charlie. Human fingers, though. Don't try to slip me one of them chicken fingers. Bird flu, dangerous. <laughs> all right, man. Another tune. Another tune. All right, why don't we go all the way back to the first album from Valley Lodge for this one, uh, their self-titled debut. This is All of My Lovin'.
Hi, this is Dave Hill, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. Fucker. We are back. Uh, once again, that was All of My Lovin' from the 2005 release, Valley Lodge, self-titled. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can find their stuff at valleylodge.bandcamp.com. And I followed that up, because I can, with a tune from Painted Doll, which is Dave's band with Chris Reefert from the death metal band Autopsy uh, from their latest release from 2020 called How to Draw Fire, also on TP Records. That tune was called On The Ropes. Once again, you can find Dave's work as a whole at 
DaveHillOnline.com. And you can find the music of Painted Doll at PaintedDoll.BandCamp.com. So multimedia triage, Gord. What have you been digging on lately? I feel like you and I should both talk about uh, Marvels because apparently we've both seen it. I did see Marvels. How did you feel about Marvels, Steve? I thought it was okay. Okay? Okay. I, I did not hate it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my 90 minutes. I ate some popcorn and I went home and I was not mad about it. <laughs> I went and saw Marvels. There were four people in the theater besides me. Uh, and halfway through, about 45 minutes in, I realized not only was I not enjoying myself, nobody else in the theater was. Like three of the people had just sort of started talking and another one was on their phone and this was just more of an annoyance in the background for everyone and I at 45 minutes in I just went I why am I even here I could be doing film festival things and I walked out I found it to be the most boring kind of bullshitty I guess there was action happening on the screen it just seemed like it could have been fun it could have been so much better uh Freaky Friday, Trading Places kind of thing. And instead, it was just sort of a disjointed group of surprise faces and people falling through tables. It It's sort of like a, a bad Pink Panther movie remix. I don't even know what the fuck I watched. Huh. No, I, I did not get that at all. I thought it was uh, light and enjoyable. And uh, there was some pretty fun silliness later that you didn't get to, clearly. I guess not. So I like, like the cat. Yeah, the last half, there was a bunch of that. That turned into a big thing. It was a key plot point. So towards the end, kind of space madness happened, and things got a little nutty and silly, and that was kind of cool. Sort of like uh, the last uh, Doctor Strange got a little wild at the end of it. So it reminded me a little bit of that. But uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fun. All right. And then we both also watched Godzilla Minus One. We did, yeah. Uh, you know, I made you go first in the last one. I'll go first on this one. Godzilla minus one. Freaking cool. Great, fun, old style, like Japanese old style Godzilla movie. The the way they envisioned Godzilla with his, his fire uh, and the, the way his scales along his back pop up as he generates enough energy to shoot out his nuclear flame. Fun. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And the people around me, they all liked it more than I did. Uh, yeah, so, I thought it was excellent. Uh, very reminiscent of the very first Godzilla movie that was like, you know, kind of a slow burn anti-war film and doesn't have a lot of Godzilla in it. It takes a little while to get rolling. It was very much of a piece with that, except for modernized, uh, solid acting, some emotional resonance in the story, as well as great big awesome monster action. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was very cool. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that that was solid. And then speaking of Godzilla, are you watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters? Yeah. I yeah, watched the what? first couple episodes. You didn't like it? After following up Godzilla Minus One, I thought it was kind of, wow, there's an awful lot of not Godzilla on this show. <laughs> I like it. It's, it's kind of a prehistoric bug and... Um, Here's a weird-looking bat deal that doesn't actually exist in the world anywhere. I don't know. What about the the nuclear mole in the ice? He's pretty cool. He didn't get that far, did you? I don't you? think I got that far. Uh. I mean, Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell are fun. 
yeah. kind of is the main actors. Uh, but there's there's a lot of, I don't know, sort of family drama, I feel like, weighing it down. And I'd rather that it got to a little more fun action shit. Like, you, you got to have a hacker who's, you know, checking out the video files from 50 years ago. I don't know. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I thought you'd be all over Just this. okay. I mean, there was Just plot okay. in the Godzilla Maybe movie. Maybe it'll get better. And maybe it's because I'm watching 30 Coins, which fucking rules. And so All everything right. else is lackluster in comparison. That very well could be. <laughs> that could be. Um, and then what about Fargo? Are you are you watching Fargo? I'm not caught up. I watched the first episode. That was fun. Or the first two episodes, I guess they released two at once. Yeah. And uh, I haven't watched one since, so I'm a little behind. But yeah, okay. so far so good. It uh, gets much better. Much more reminiscent to, uh, to the movie. Like, it seems like there's some similar stuff. There's a car dealership involved. There's perhaps a kidnapped wife or perhaps not. Like, there seems to be a lot of throwbacks to the very first Fargo stories, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And John uh, Hamm I, is just... super fun playing this over-the-top sort of... Uh, I think he's supposed to be like... Sheriff. Yeah, what is his name? Joe Arpaio from Arizona? I think that's who he's supposed to be modeled on. He could be modeled like on, a, on a great guy number. Who, of... Like, yeah, just basically owned the county and was doing whatever the fuck he wanted until he finally yeah. got busted and sent to prison. And pardoned? Pardoned by uh, did none he get other pardoned? than Donald? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that was like the first thing that uh, Trump did was yeah, like yeah, pardoned. I think you're right. But he, yeah, he also, went to jail he for being. He also spent some racist. time in jail, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. He went. He was so racist, he actually went to jail for it. That's That's some doing right there. Okay, yeah, Fargo, it keeps getting better. The Sin Eater, when you meet that guy, <laughs> right on. He's awesome. Do you mm-hmm. feel like they're replaying the hits a little bit too much, though? Like, the Sin Eater, isn't that like the guy with the captive bolt gun in No Country for Old no Men? No Country for Old Men? Or is it no. like the Scandinavian guy who was the Scandinavian guy in the very first Fargo movie? Who was mm. kind of like a badass? I don't know. There's there's one thing about it. It's kind of cool that they're looking back to these old stories, but it also feels like they're maybe replaying shit they've done before. I feel like it it exists nicely in that universe for the similarities, but there's several plot lines going on. Different parties are winding around each other. There's the the rich assholes. There's the organized crime. There's the something that's. I'll just say supernatural, for lack of a better word. Like they've had the angel and they had the UFO, and you know, there's that fantastical element to it. And I love Juno Temple; she's great. She's she's great in this. Right on. Well, yeah, I got to get caught up. I I've loved this series from the get go. So, yeah, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like replaying the hits. I feel like it exists well in the universe. So, uh, and then how about Shorzy? You watch Shorzy? Watch the first episode. Uh, I don't know. It didn't like grab me really. The first one. I don't know. I'll get. To I it. love it. I'll watch. I watch the whole thing. Yep. Is it as good yeah. as the first season? I thought it was better than the first season. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now this isn't you know high cinema. This no, is this is independent short Canadian. Are like twenty yeah. minutes long tops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's like the Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar. You get a seventy percent of the uh, of a U.S. episode. Speaking now the thing hockey, I'm watching. So oh, let's uh, talk a little bit about Dave's book. So, yeah, the awesome game by Dave Hill. One man's incredible globe-crushing hockey odyssey. Uh, super fun read. Uh, 
basically he travels around the world. He goes to Canada, he goes to Finland, he goes to visit uh, Kenya and the Nairobi Ice Lions. As he says, it's not a city in Ontario. Actual Kenya has a hockey team. And so he goes around the world and he visits different hockey players and teams to try to figure out why hockey isn't more popular in the United States. And a totally fun read. I absolutely enjoyed it. And you should check it out. Oh, also, one other book. Chapter 2 of The Secret Language of Spiders by K.L. Young. A Smile at Midnight. This is getting fun, man. Oh, yeah? So next, not even 100 pages in uh, part 2 of this serialized horror novel. But uh, shit gets tense and creepy in this second episode. So uh, really looking forward to the next one in December, man. Okay. You know, the other thing I'm uh, I'm digging these days is Scavenger Rain. Have you watched that? No. I Beautiful. Okay, it's on Netflix. It's an animated series. There's a spaceship which encounters trouble near a planet, and it launches a bunch of uh, escape pods which crash into this planet. And I'm about halfway through the series. Each escape pod has one or two entities in it who are trying to survive and, and maybe figure out a way to get back to the mothership and, and get the heck out of there. And each story is kind of compelling. It's kind of neat. But the animation is absolutely over-the-top beautiful. It is so amazing just to sit and watch what they've done. Whoever put this together did a lot of looking at the natural world. And every scene is full of creatures and plants and, and everything in between, which are functioning symbiotically or parasitically or all of the above. And it's just, it is a cool piece of art to take in. Scavenger Rain, check that out. Right on. Okay, so one other film that I watched over the holiday was... Uh Eli Ross Thanksgiving, Gord. Did you catch that one? I want to watch this so bad. Tell me about it. That was super fun. I totally enjoyed it. It was exactly what it needed to be, which is a fun Thanksgiving-themed kill fest. And it opens with a kill that just kind of got me to say, right on. Opens up great, and it doesn't stop, and it doesn't overstay its welcome, and it was totally a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Right on. Yeah, I'm planning on watching that. The, my local theater has really, really crapped out. They closed the, the good theater that had seven screens and the four screen theaters, what's open. And it seems like anytime I want to watch something, it's playing out of town. But I, I can still watch the same four movies that have been playing here for a month and a half. Right on. And, and that one I had, you know, I will have to travel to see like I traveled to see Godzilla. <laughs> there you go. How far do you have to travel to I hope not to Tokyo. No, not all the way to Tokyo. No, just uh, just to uh, Fairfield. Well, uh, let's listen to another tune, if that's it for you. All right, let's do it. All right. Uh, why don't we check out another one from Painted Doll? This is from their self-titled release 2020, TP Records, Hidden Hand. Yeah. 
Hi, this is Dave from Before, Dave Hill from Show Business, and you're listening to The Bone Bad Show. Once again, Hidden Hand by Painted Doll, taken from their 2020 self-titled release on TP Records, featuring Dave Hill from show business and comedy and all kinds of things, and Chris Reifert from the California death metal band Autopsy. Hope you enjoyed that. I followed that up with another tune by Valley Lodge from their 2009 release, Semester at Sea. I thought I'd try to hit one of each of the releases. That was Slow Dancing Romancing. By Valley Lodge. Mm-hmm. Once again, you can find the music of Valley Lodge at valleylodge.bandcamp.com. Thanks Ooh. again to Dave Hill. An absolute pleasure to speak with Dave. Again, the Treating Your Mom Like Gold tour continues. Uh, Portland on December 13th at Mississippi Studios and in Seattle on December 15th at Capitol Hill Comedy Bar. Uh, again, you can find his stuff at davehillonline.com. And the music of Valley Lodge at valleylodge.bandcamp.com. The usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. Have new content on bonehand.com. 
Every once in a while, it's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. And you can find my cartoons and whatnot at MightyWombat.com. Check it out. I've been, I've been spinning out cartoons lately. Enjoy. Nice. You can also follow Bonehand on Instagram. And uh, we also have a Facebook group where we are currently posting early and often about the 2024 Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Again, April 13th, 2023 at Sif Cinema Egyptian in Seattle. A full day of horror comedy shorts, features, and live music from the Pine Box Boys with art by Alex Holitz. Again, you only have until December 15th to get your tickets and swag at the lowest possible price, and that's the only way you can get the enormous package. So pledge now via the link at BoneBat.com. Thank you again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. One last tune for tonight. Uh, This is another one from the latest Valley Lodge record called Fog Machine, TP Records 2018. Hope you enjoy it. It's called Stand. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
Always finish with dildos.